0: We go. Hello and welcome, everyone. This is Man Up, the men's mental health podcast. My name, as you could probably guess, is Andy Richardson, and opposite me is the live Tommy Dankwa. Live as in l y t h e, not live as in oh (laughs) alive. Oh, sorry. Oh. oh what? <laughs> live. 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 Anyway. I,
1: I was like, that's that's not normally one of your, you know, super If it's not one of your normal. That, that ones, wasn't a good one. That was, was it I will let you off because it's been it's been a while. It's been a while, will let you off. But next week I want better. <laughs> okay, sorry.
0: Um we are talking to you from LCCM, the London College of Contemporary. Oh, no, fuck, I it up. London Stand College. Back and okay, let me get this. We go are on, do
1: from it. the London. Oh my god! <laughs> you can't even say London. I, hang on, give me a chance. I don't. I never get to do this part normally. Okay, go on, go for it. We are. here... You think here you're so good? Go on, do it live do. from the London College of Creative Media. Oh damn! Boom. Damn. I've been waiting for my
0: moment to actually say that. I've been oh, waiting so long no oh no It doesn't let me do this bit normally I'm I've, well been, happy. I've been usurped <laughs> anyway so uh, so thank you very much for for that. We are speaking a few well about a week or so after tommy's uh boxing triumph you uh, if you've been listening to this in chronological order you would have known that tommy won his boxing match if you're listening to it in random order this uh, has probably ruined the experience for you because you know what happens anyway but ho-hum so um how are you feeling a week on now is it the wounds healed
1: and the wounds have healed like the the sore ribs the sore jaw the you know sore knuckles yeah they've healed i feel better I've had a time to reflect. I've had a week of like binging on junk food and stuff that I've not eaten.
0: Oh, no. Come uh, on, man. You've got to keep up. You said you were going to keep oh, up. Oh, well, I am.
1: But, I, oh, my goodness. I had like chips with like ketchup and stuff like that and vegan pizza. And <laughs> <loads of frizz.
0: laughs> junk food. You know, I thought you were going to say, oh, do you know what? I had like, you know, lard. Lard.
1: Burgers. You know, lard butties. But you
0: had <laughs> chips and vegan pizza. That's not. That's it
1: not that's, junk food. That's kind of junk food, isn't it? Chips are fried. It's not healthy. I guess so. And well, those are packets of crisps as well. I ate crisps. Right. So yeah, I've
0: yeah, I went in. Oh, okay. I've enjoyed it. Okay. <laughs> well, don't don't slip too far down 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 that road. You know, keep up the. Um... Uh, I will. I promise okay. I promise. So so um, the massive massive news uh, this this week has been the passing of Keith Flint. Which, um, well, for both of us had quite a, a sort of profound uh, effect, really. Mm. Um, myself, my, my personal connection with, with Keith Flint is um, it's a, well, a generational thing because I, I sort of grew up with his music right from the start, right from the sort of early rave days um, to... to to the later stuff. Uh, He's from Essex as well, so I've got that sort of Essex uh, connection. I've only seen them play once at Glastonbury, uh, and I was... uh very, very, uh, in another world, and and um, at the back of a crowd. So, so, so um, it's in the to outer space. Um, um Yeah. So I don't remember that much. But yourself, you, you, you're 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 quite a fan, aren't you, of the project? You've yeah. seen them live a few times. Well, definitely.
1: You? I mean, you know, they made, you know, they made up quite a lot of my um gig and festival experience over the years. I've seen them in so many venues, like live gigs. Download Milton Key's Bowl, Wembley, um, sort of, I think, Gatecrasher with, you know, the wife. So we've loved the band. I was meant to see them earlier, no, in November last year, but had a bit of a Was with the missus and didn't go. So right. I'm going to forever regret that one, aren't I?
0: Oh, gosh, yeah. You yeah. know,
1: We'd actually bought tickets to see them in... Um, they were meant to be playing um, SX4 Festival. Is right. SW4. Right, yes. And yeah. um, so we had tickets for that to go and see them. And obviously... That's
0: happened. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> so, so this a big, is a big fan, basically. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the Omen reprise is a piece of music they do in between their sets. And my wife actually walks down the aisle to that, you know. So we use that and music, you know, you've seen online. My kids and I, we rave on a Friday night to the Prodigy sometimes. Yeah. The boys love them, you know. And um, actually last Saturday at the boxing, I walked into a Prodigy tune. I used Amin as my walking entrance music. Right, right. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Is it, it, it? I mean, hard. It, it often because you know when when sort of heroes and people like that um, die, you know, you often sort of think about that sort of uh, you know your own connection to it. Uh, but with us, obviously, the fact that he uh, we found out that he committed suicide, it's obviously got a real relevance to this podcast. Um, and um yeah that's another reason why it, it sort of hit, hit home quite a lot and it got us thinking about um how mental health in the entertainment and in the music industry is 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 sort of handled really because i mean i i guess a lot of the people that i know i mean i know a lot of people who are musicians and performers and and that sort of thing quite a high percentage of 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 those uh suffer from mental health problems anxiety and, and depression and stuff you know and, and you do sort of uh, i suppose the question is why really uh and there's probably lots of of, of reasons for that i, yeah. I would have thought you know well, i mean i've
1: definitely got my thoughts on it you know and i'm sure we'll you know divulge more later on in this uh podcast but <clears throat> again i think it is a case of I think as well a lot, of, a lot of the questions are well why you know with somebody who you know seems to have it all he had everything didn't he he had yeah. a successful career he had money in the bank he was yeah. in an amazing band yeah um, he could do what he wanted I guess but it just goes to show that well. Oh,
0: no amount of money no amount of money or or success can can you know, uh, sort of protect you from having yeah. suicidal thoughts, basically. Yeah.
1: And this is the thing as well. And the face of it, he went, you know, by the reports say that he was out jogging, doing a run in the park the morning of it, had a pub lunch with his friend, smiling. You know, like it, it takes back to, um, you know, is it Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park?
2: Oh, that's who right. Who also yeah.
1: took his life. And, you know, they posted a picture of him after his life. This was him the day before, sitting at a table with his some family, and some friends and smiling. And, and it's just like, it's just a fucking beast, isn't it? It's, it's, I don't know.
0: It's, yeah, yeah, It, it is. And, and, yeah, and, and from what, from, the, like you say, the, a lot of the stories that I, that I, you hear about him subsequently was how, so how nice he was, you know, you see, like, I don't know if you've seen that video of him at one of the Prodigy gigs, sort of, while they're on stage and that he goes into the, like, the disabled arena and sort of hugs everyone. And every story I've heard about Keith Flint is, you know that he was just like he was a lovely bloke. He obviously, you know, he obviously sort of lived life, you know, yeah, from, to, to extremes really. It just reminded me of um
1: <clears throat> again, I mentioned him in the last, I think the last podcast. Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing plot. But it reminds me of you know what um, the mental health comedian said when he said you know living with these sorts of suicidal thoughts, it's like the story of you wake up in the morning and there's a boulder and you have to push the boulder up the hill and some days the hill is you know not so steep and the boulder's smaller other days it's really steep and the boulder's huge and i guess you just you know it, the pain was too much and one day just like i can't do this anymore and yeah i mean we, you know i suppose we'll never really know though yeah but well
0: i mean you know there are there are there has been and it's quite it's a typical sort of sun newspaper thing to do like you know the day after he died it was like rather than maybe sort of doing a, a tribute to him or something it was like wife split from wife caused uh, wow. bloody this or, or yeah, the other I saw that. yeah and and you just think yeah maybe that that did that was something that might Could have pushed pu- push him over the edge you, you know i don't know what his support network was like uh, uh, that sort of thing but um you know, I guess the more we talk about it, the the, the better it is. Uh, and it's sad that we are talking about it, it um, well, unfortunately. Do you
1: know what? Sad, but good because you know, it ha- you know, we have to put it out there. We have to because somebody hearing this, it could be the difference between life or death. It yeah. could be they could be like fuck. Someone taught themselves because they didn't seek help or they didn't know to reach out. Or and I mean, look, there's something else to add to this as well. Um we're talking about it because he was a celebrity he was in the public eye and it was huge. He's part of the music industry. He's a big rock star. He's a massive musician. But, you know, you, you said earlier, on about the music industry as a whole. There's so many people who work in the industry that are suffering yeah. that do. And, you know, it goes without, well, they don't, it doesn't make front page news. No. But it's still a deep rooted issue yeah in industry and
0: yeah which brings us very very like segue that was a great segue Thank which r- r- brings us very very nicely on to this week's guest um on our on our podcast we we do actually have a guest for you ladies and gentlemen it's just not it's not just me and tommy wittering <laughs> wittering to each other as much as i
1: know you love listening <laughs> to us talking yeah bollocks. so this
0: so this week we've got matt longley from a uh would you call it a charity or or a
2: it's a community interest company, so CIC, a CIC, a CIC, or whatever you yeah. want to call it, called cool. right,
0: yeah, uh, co- called six foot from 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 from, from the spotlight, from so. the spotlight, yeah, from the from the spotlight, um, and uh, he's going to tell us all about it. But it's a it's a, it's a company that. Um, a company it's not a company at all is it it's a it's a it's a sick it's a sick (laughs) sick (laughs) sick. (laughs) i feel weird calling it i feel we're calling it a sick the deal i see the deals uh specifically with um mental health in uh the music and the film industry and um in the sort of crew part of the industry and the backstage part of the industry Mm. uh as well which um I think is a, a marvelous idea, personally. Yes, yeah. um, so, 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 should we get on with it? <laughs> yes, welcome, welcome, to welcome, the podcast. Matt. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you for having me. So, Matt, tell us a little bit about uh, first. Tell us a bit about your background. What brought you to get getting to to start this sick up?
2: So, I worked. Um, I, I'm a chemical engineer by profession. So, how I've ended up in the music and film industry, I've absolutely no idea. Um, but I started work. Uh, I worked for an equipment hire company um, who basically supply panels, big aluminium panels um, to the film industry that uh, allow you to get access to locations. So I was working for them. Um, I did all their processes, procedures, all that exciting sort of stuff. Um, And I got sent down to Leavesden Studios one day to work on the Harry Potter films um, simply because they couldn't get paid. Um, They were struggling to work out how much they'd actually spent. Um, So I went down there, um, really lucky because I'm a Harry Potter fan. So I really, really enjoyed that. So all of a sudden from... uh, Standing underneath a massive um, electricity pylon, I'm stood at the Weasley House or on the set of Hogwarts or w- whichever way you want it, so it was brilliant. Nice. Um, managed to spend really probably took about a day a week for a, for a year while they were filming Deathly Hallows, um, but Leaves and Studios and some of the other locations that they used, so three months in a forest out in, um, out near Buckinghamshire Way, um, which was, yeah. Gets interesting because you, you you're basically there on your own, or there's about three or four other people there at the time. Sounds glamorous, but it's cold, wet. Um, you've got that's a marquee. Say, doesn't
1: <laughs> sound like Hollywood, does it? That doesn't no, sound very like Hollywood. Definitely not. <laughs> we're in not the, the woods Hollywood. by ourselves. Um,
2: so you get to understand how the guys in the crew sort of work, um, and I got on with them really well. I'm still friends with some of them now, and that's just sort of it was 2009, 2010 when they were filming those those um, films, um, and I've I've sort of kept in contact with them. But really I I then followed them all round. So there were guys who went on to War uh, War Horse was one of the big ones that we did. Uh, Batman Dark Knight Rises and then I had to to build a bridge for that one, which um, that was a a scary project. Um, And then Pirates of the Caribbean. uh, And the last one i sort of really big one I did was World War Z, which was over at um, Dunsfold Aerodrome where they filmed Top Gear. So I also got to drive around the the Top Gear track, so. Perks of the job. Did you meet the Stig? I didn't know who he was at that time, <laughs> so no. <laughs> Should have done. He probably not made me not hit the uh, hit the grass. <laughs> but so I got to know a few of the guys there really well, um, and I've I've kept on doing consultancy for them in in various guises. Go to their Christmas party every year, so that's uh, that's really good. Um, but you 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 understand some of the pressures the guys get put under after a period of time. Yeah. Um, and I ended up moving out of that, um, ended up in the rail industry, um, and then subsequently sort of working on the six feet from the spotlight side of things. But the other side of it was obviously the music end of it. Um, so um, about four years ago, I think I was, I was sick of listening to U2, Def Leppard, The Alarm, which I'd been listening to since sort of 1985. Um, sure. Thought I'd better, best move on, and the kids sort of pushed me along the lines of, and we found um, nothing but thieves. Just by listening to a, uh, I think we were listening to Sunday Brunch, and one of their songs came on. And it was it, uh, a song called Itch, and I suppose just getting to to listen to them, I found they were playing in um, in London, and I was down there w- with work, which was quite good. So I bought a t shirt, um, invited uh, one of our mutual friends, Double D and uh, Nick, yeah. who's uh, who come to gigs with me quite often, and we ended up. Uh, I ended up sort of sitting in a pub outside a venue waiting for them to arrive wearing a Nothing But Thieves t-shirt, um, and Nothing But Thieves walked in. So um, I'm sat in a pub all on my own, and Nothing But Thieves wandering. and we go, nice t-shirt, mate. Are you on your <laughs> own? And I went, well, no, I'm not really on my own. I'm, I'm meeting some friends. They go, yeah, yeah, of course you are. So we got chatting. They did the little video for the kids, because uh, the kids obviously couldn't could come down. They sent that off to them. Um, Brilliant gig. Um, Connor, the lead singer, we, we'll probably talk a little bit about him later because he's, he's had his mental health mm. issues and they're, they're well sort of documented. Um, but the fantastic gig, brilliant, and, and he's one of the best front men I've, I've heard. He's, he's superb. Um, so anyway, three months later, they're playing in Birmingham. Um, I took my daughter and one of her friends, and I'm sat in a pub in Birmingham, just outside the venue, and they walk in again. So of course I get the you stalking me uh, well no actually Connor I think you're stalking me aren't you he goes yeah fair point so uh, we had another chat signed a few things because my lad couldn't come it went on from there but I also found out that one of my friends um unfortunately I I play a lot of cricket one of my friends was diagnosed with leukemia um and he needed to go in for a bone marrow transplant and they found a match for him um but he was only 17 and his mum decided to to go into um into the transplant with him, um, and then five weeks in isolation. So I wrote to Nothing But Thieves manager, Stephanie, and said, um, is there any chance the guys could record a a message for her? Um, Two minutes later, she's emailed me back. Guys say yes, um, you'll need to meet them at their gig in Cardiff um, in a couple of weeks, and they'll sort it out. So off I went, down to Cardiff, met with the guys. um, And I think we were probably chatting in the changing room beforehand, Uh, about mental health and and the fact that my brother-in-law is a um, is a psychiatric nurse Um, and my sister's a psychologist as well so they sort of got we we were chatting about that um some of the stuff with Connor sort of came out um and then they recorded the video brilliant sent it to Julie um who's the, the lady who needed it and she was over the moon um obviously um did the gig um and then they went off um and a bit of time elapsed before, so I think it was July 2017. Um, and the guys, um, one of them put on Twitter, we need some help with mental health. And by this time, obviously, I got to know the crew um, and nothing but these, a guy called Stuart Jew, who's probably the best guitar tech. I've got to say this is probably the best guitar tech in the country, um, builds all sorts of stuff. Uh, but he's, he's also by that time had become their tour manager. Um, so Stuart put something on Twitter about needing mental health support um, and why was the non available for crew? And was would anybody help out? So I immediately tweeted him back. We were on holiday in Cornwall with with my brother-in-law at the time. So I tweeted him back, said, "Yeah, we can help." Um, and then we phone conversation, a couple of meetings, and we sort of had the idea of six feet from the spotlight. So that's where it, where it all began. And that was yeah, July twenty seventeen. So
1: possibly the best origin story ever. That was amazing.
2: Thank you. Yeah, so I mean, it's been. I can't believe it's sort of uh, that's where we are. So yeah, you you get it, find a band that you love, um, yeah. and then you can sort of try and help out the people who work with them, and and also then all the guys that you've worked with for for several years.
0: So so, so what's the what's your sort of what's your aim for for, for uh, six foot from the spotlight? Then so what 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 what, what are you actually aiming to do? um specifically practically what is what what, uh, what is what support are you going to so su- so
2: part part of the reason why i sort of wanted to get involved was um one of the guys that i work with in location management um on um harry potter and then subsequently on world war z unfortunately he took his own life about two years ago so the our ultimate goal really is to stop that happening again we don't want people to um to take their own lives um, and we want to give them support. So the, the initial thought, um, which we've already started doing, um, is to train people in mental health awareness and to spot the signs of mental health I- issues before they start and give them support to, as to where they can go. So it's a, it's a little bit like a, first day, a mental health first aid course. We've changed it round to try and fit the actual rigors of a film set and also a, a music crew because they're obviously different from people working in a corporate environment which Mental Health First Aid is, is aimed at. Um, there's obviously a little bit differences with sort of the, the drug side of things. There's obviously difference with um, wh- what they call imposter syndrome and things like that, which um, is, is a new one to most people and it was a new one to me as well. Yeah, I don't know that one. Was um, always imposter? Imposter syndrome is where you don't feel that you're good enough to be doing what you, what you are doing. Um, so that's one of the really interesting ones that I've been reading up about because I think even though so a, a musician or a film somebody who's on a film crew might think that um, but I've, I've certainly seen that in people who are in the corporate world as well where they get to they get very successful and they're thinking well why am I here and not somebody else and that's another so that's one of the things that maybe Keith Flint might have might have been been going through. So we've changed all that. We, what, the other thing we want to do is make sure that um, p- the management side of film and music um, changes so that it reflects better um, the impact they're having and the emotional intelligence and the impact that they're having on people who are actually working for them or in, the, in that industry. So sort of in my career, um, at one point I was having trouble with a guy at work um, and so was a, quite a few other people. Um, where we were being effectively bullied by this guy sending silly emails at, late at night, um, shouting in meetings and that sort of thing. And when I went to my boss, um, we we sat down and talked to my boss about it with with one of the other girls that was in the office and his response was, well, I like this guy's energy and it doesn't look very good on you if you've, see- you've been seeking help. So to my mind, that's really poor <laughs> man management. Um, so that's one of the other things we want to change time and time again what we hear um from the people that we've been talking to is that um there's very much a and um, the crew get this feeling that they're dispensable that if they come along with an issue um they'll get thrown thrown off the job um they won't get another job people have bad mouth that sort of thing so we want to try and change that attitude that's that's really where we're coming from there are other people out there who are trying to do that as well there's a great Great um, charity called Music Support UK, but that, I think they're focusing a lot on, or tend to focus a lot more on the actual artist side and the talent side of things. Yeah. So we want to actually get into the crew. Um, that's that's the aim, and that that's something that Stuart, dew set up um, really because it was it was sort of his idea as to what we wanted to do, and we've we've backed him up on that.
0: Do, do you do you think do you think crew members are sort of unappreciated? Unappreciated by uh, you know, because you see, I don't d do, do you remember that thing a few years ago, um Christian Bale? Uh he was yeah, yeah he, he, he had that thing where you're trashing my scene, you
1: yeah, trashing my that's scene. That's right, yeah, yeah.
0: So so he so like like literally his eyeline, this lighting man got in his eyeline and then he just like sort of ranted at him at him, you know. Um and do you do you think I mean that's obviously an extreme example, but have you seen examples whereby um sort of crew have been sort of treated in, in the sort of not, not a great way.
2: Yeah. Um I've been on set with Christian Bale. Um, oh, gosh, my... can start <laughs> bashing Bale.
0: Here we go. But, what have um, you started, Andy? Um, oh, he's fine. I mean, I mean let's face yeah. it. I mean, you know, we're not, let's take him on. Let's take on the Bale. No, there, no, there no, no, a, no. He's Batman. Not, oh, he is Batman. Yeah, so
2: there's two, there's no, he's a lovely there, man. There two differences there. Uh, one is Christian Bale, um, I was wearing a high vis jacket and was told by one of the guys to take it off. Um, Michael Caine was on the same set and he went round and shook everybody's hand before they started shooting and introduced himself. So that's the two different types of thing. But to go back to your question about whether people have, I've seen crew, yes, because they, it, the Harry Potter, was pretty much like a family. They were all in the same place every day. People were um, working together actually living together effectively because of the, the hours they were doing which is another issue um but everybody met up in the canteen had a good laugh um and then a coffee shop or whatever and then they go out when you get to some of the other productions that I've seen um there's people screaming shouting banging doors putting the fist through doors um people get fired um one of the productions I was on I basically ended up having to drive from Scotland down to sorry because they'd fired the location management team um for whatever reason it was probably to do with budget or something like that and i ended up then helping out with the the guys getting set up and one, one of the location managers that was with me i think we drove about three miles and she had about four or five cigarettes before we got there so you could see the stress that that was causing and that obviously the production teams or management side of it were not making it easy for the for the crew to actually do their job so yes definitely mm-hmm. I, th- I think from the music side um, they're nothing but thieves going back to those guys again they have a really close-knit family so there's five for most of the UK tour there's five guys um, plus five the five band and a couple of other people as well they're really close really really work well together um, so they're looking out for each other um the management look out for them stephanie's looks out for them as well so there's there's a different um a different dynamic i suppose but it's i think as well um what we've been discovering in tv side of things is um that where there's very small production crew there is also the management side saying you can you can't have that money, you can't have this, we need it by then, putting pressure on people to get things done as well. So there's a lot of, there's either the stuff you'll visibly see, which is people shouting at each other, or there's the, under the side of pressures where people are putting things on for um, for budget and it's it's a little bit more surreptitious, a little bit more snidey than it is, um, than than direct. I think mm. is
0: probably the, the way. Yeah, I, 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 I can very, very much relate to that because I'm a um, a cameraman and I've done AV crew work as well in the past. So I've been doing it for the last twenty years, really, myself. And uh, a few things I could say, like the so, so a lot of people, crew members, are freelancers. So it, there's that thing about not getting paid, not getting your invoice paid. There's stuff like uh, you're only as good as your last job. One thing I would really note is, is you know, uh, obviously the crew are vitally important for things to happen. And when things go well, that's fine. Every, you know, things just get on with it. But when something goes wrong, you are dog shit. You know, you are absolute dog yeah. shit. And you don't get a job after that. You know, like your name's trashed and you won't work in for those people again. And it is it is a very high pressured underappreciated job because like you say I mean exactly what your thing's you know six foot from the spotlight you know there is normally some man or woman standing there like holding a piece of set together or putting a lead together or or making sure that a a satellite connection's working or whatever there's someone sweating their ass off you know imagine like a, a massive announcement you know is that Mike Fuck! Fuck! please mike you know make sure the radio doesn't go wrong and that yeah really stressful job it really is
2: it is and um yeah you i've uh, seen it as well um obviously we were under pressure building a bridge um to to get crew in there um and then if that had gone wrong we would have never done another job um so it's it is very much a that thing that you are as well freelance that that's you've sort of hit the nail on the head there you're not employed by anybody so you don't get the rights that you do in a in a normal corporate environment we did we did a bit of research we think there's about 80,000 people who work in the film and the tv industry in the uk 55,000 of those are in production um and 49% of them are um, freelance the companies that work there as well don't have the resources so nine something like 97 percent of the companies are less than 10 people so they're, they're not massive companies either so you've got this there's no structure to anything that that's happening you so you are freelance you can be fired at any point you've got none, none of the comeback um and the, the the industry wants to keep it that way because of the cost and that's that's basically the, the way way it goes
1: Even just listening to that, I mean, it made me feel quite like, oh gosh! Imagine, I mean, you know, you have your normal job, and like you said, knowing that if I have a bad day, I might get a warning or a slap on the wrist. But to be have that pressure of like delivering, and if you don't, boom, you're gone. Plus the that's and you get sick pay, you get holiday
0: pay, you get benefits, you get all that. Crew don't do they? They they don't have
2: no, they don't they don't to a certain extent. and it, it very much again it does depend on who you're working for so some of the bigger companies will offer that out yeah. to people so the that, that you know they they are taking a, a bit of a more of a stride towards what we'd call normality and actually you know some guys will want to work freelance that that's that's how they function yeah. that's how they make it best yeah. there's not it's not that issue it's not necessarily the issue that, that yeah. there's a gig economy but it's it's that a there's a choice but it, what are they doing to support people? Which is which is uh, very much lacking. We're finding, um, yeah. and that's what we want to do is try and change that round so that there's the support there for them, um, and they understand we can we can provide that support.
0: So if I was a crew member who was uh, getting having a hard time personally, professionally, and I wanted some help, um, how, what would how would I approach you and what would you be able to do for them?
2: We, we've got contact details on the website. So we're on there. We're on Facebook, um, www.sixfeetfrom.org. So we've, we've taken this six feet from concept that you could be six feet from the spotlight. You could be six feet from a band. You could be six feet from something else. Um, there's my phone number on there um, so I can point you in the right direction. There's email addresses. Um, and what we would do is look, af- look at talk to you about where you are and what it is that the issues you're facing we've got psychiatric nurse uh, in Tony who will sort of screen and point in the right direction so if it's straight to GP it's straight to GP, if it's one of the other charities that are out there, Mind or somewhere, who can help you, Alcoholics Anonymous, that sort of thing. Then we'll point you in those directions and, and try and get you in there. We've also got some psychiatrists um, involved and some psychologists who will who will try and talk to people if we need to, if we need to take it further. So the bit behind that again is funding. So we need to get some more funding to pay for them because they don't come they don't come free. But anyway, that's where we push it, where we're pushing people. We've also got obviously there are um, other people who've been through the industry who we've, we've got um, people who, are, who will help us who are in the industry as well. So there's a couple of people in the film industry and a couple of people in the music industry who've been through um, the issues that people might have gone through so we can get them talking together. So there's also a networking side of things.
0: Mm. So what do you think in general needs to change in, in the sort of crewing um, industry? Because <laughs> it's funny because my archetypal, and it's a terrible cliche, Um, but we've all been there we've all we've it's a terrible cliche you go to a a venue like specifically a music venue and the sound engineer is always a miserable bastard Right? always (laughs) always uh, he's like you know fed up he's seen all these bands that come in singers that go turn up i need more i need more in the monitor more in the monitor his ears are bashed he's getting underpaid and that you know and Bless, bless, it. I'm saying he because it's often it's, it's often it, it can be a woman as well, but it's often it's often a, a, a bloke, um, slightly maybe a, you know slightly older bloke, um, and you see that and you think, oh god, yeah. I mean, you know, on on the one side it's like, especially if you're the band and you think, oh come on, mate, you know, lighten up a bit. But then on the flip side, you just think, oh god, yeah, your your life you were probably. Maybe you were a musician at one point, you know, and you might have had dreams of stardom, and that have suddenly sort of uh, gone by the wayside. Um, do you think? Uh, do you think there's anything that can be done for that lonely sound man or woman? Yeah.
1: Persons. <laughs> sound person. I think is the PC PC term. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sound, sound person. Well,
0: I find the best sound people are are, uh, are women. Actually, there's some great sound engineer women that i know so just to put that in anyway, <laughs> sorry 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 i
2: mean it, it, he's probably like that because he's not getting the support that he needs yeah. so i think it's probably yeah. uh the, the two are symptomatic of each other so it's when p- guys are going to venues and turning up they've probably been out up all night or or whatever i mean i tried it with nothing but thieves i started in i went to sheffield i was out until three in the morning um and then supposedly i was at rock city at 8 o'clock the next morning well um having been out with the guitarist mum there was absolutely no way that was happening because i was uh i was still drunk but the that's the, i think that's the point is that the way that the industry set up and the and the support that people aren't do or don't get and the way that they they run those that they're on those schedules they they're on a bus overnight straight into an into the next gig is probably the way is probably what causes it all. Um, so he's grumpy because he's tired. Um, he's eaten a load of rubbish during the day. He's not had any time to himself. Things might have gone wrong the day before, where they, <coughs> so they've been sound checking for longer than they should have done. Um, and it's all of that sort of thing that that probably needs. So it's it's a difficult one to change, and I don't know how you go around it. But the the ultimately the reason why they do that is because. The, there's a cost element to how many days do we keep people on the road um mm. so if we all want to go to gigs that cost 10 quid um could we pay 12 quid which means that they get an extra h- half a day off that sort of thing uh, and you know they, uh, throw that out there but there's also so there's that side of things and then also a bit of a management side of things is is who's looking after that guy who's making sure that he's got what he needs to do his job properly um if he's got problems who's who's helping him and who's looking after him um, so there's there's probably two or three little elements there that that perhaps need to change.
1: Well, so, say I mean in the corporate industry, like we we've spoken about this before, we've seen like a real growth in the mindfulness industry and people, you know, implementing in their workforce meditation stuff like that. You know, a lot more, you know, things like yoga and holistic approaches. Is that something that I mean? How could you factor that into?
2: There's. Uh, certainly, in the film industry, one thing that we've talked about um, when we did the course at Pinewood a couple of weeks ago um, was each of the films and the production should be creating a space where people can go um, and and take on yoga or mindfulness or meditation, whichever it may be, um, and whether you could get that into venues as well. Um, the you know there were there will be a framework that they should be putting things in there for people's welfare um and and that sort of space is one thing so i know they're one of the big productions in the uk can't really say where they're going but they they are i know they're going to build um a space and have a space on on set for for people to go to and crew so there's that there is that kind of thing so yeah you're right Uh, if you're in a corporate office they can put a corporate space in and and you can go and do your mindfulness or whatever but um, when you're traveling, when you're having a traveling band, when you're effectively a traveling band, where do you go? And you, you know, you you've been to venues, <laughs> and, and there's hardly yeah. there's hardly yeah. enough room to have a changing room, let alone a <laughs> let alone a mindfulness room. Yeah. And and so, but but it should be done. And uh, you know, you're quite right. You should be there should be more care taken of people's welfare when they're on those on some of those. Um, Tours.
0: Do do you think it's a uh, a a UK specific problem? Because like if I, I I've done gigs, I have done some gigs abroad, and when I've gigged um abroad, they look after you a lot better. Like the venue it seems like there's more money somehow. It seems like the arts are appreciated a little bit more in in other countries. Like for for instance, in the states, you know, a, a lot of the sort of crew stuff is unionized, isn't it? And and People are really that are, are it's really looked after in that way. But do you think it's a, a, a particularly bad in the UK?
2: I think it probably is. Um, I know from the Nothing But Thieves' experience, they, they had problems in the US, um, but that may, I, I'm not quite sure the reasons why. Um, I've not really been to to many venues in the US, but certainly in the UK, um, you've got the same places going in and out all the time. Everybody knows there's, there's venues shutting down and starting up again all the time, so it it may be a function of the of the of the cost side of things. Um So yeah, it's it could it could just be a UK one. A lot of this, uh, I don't think there's much goes on in the US, and a lot of the charities and things that are set up have seemed to have been in the UK. So it is probably more of an issue over this side. Um But yeah,
0: maybe it's maybe it's a mindset. Uh, problem maybe it's 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 you know because you've seen a lot of uh, over the years we've seen a lot of music venues sort of closing down over over, uh, over the last few years and m- maybe it's it's a sort of you know the the arts the arts are something that of because we've had austerity for so many years in this country it's, it's like the arts are, are, are something that uh, should be done for free, or should be done by volunteers, or things like that. And there isn't that support, you know. Is is it? Do you think it might come from a sort of right from the top? From the, is it something that the government could maybe sort out?
2: It possibly is. I, th- I think y- y- the austerity side of things, uh, we, we'll, they will obviously cut um, cut costs in uh, into the arts, which. I think we've all used in our you know all of us here have used it to as a as a release somewhere along the line being you know being creative or going to a band um music side the people i know who've who use music to help them with their own mental health so yeah, I think it is something that the government should be driving definitely um but also the music industry and the the film industry themselves have got something to answer to um you know d- it's very difficult as a recording musician now to make any money from the actual sales of your of your work um you've got to get out live um to actually make that um return um you know the the numbers that you get back from spotify and um the apple music and all that yeah. sort of stuff you've got to be putting millions and millions of, of plays together which you know i've I've stuffed something on spotify and i've nearly got to five dollars in two and a half years so you know but i haven't promoted it but you know it's uh, it, it's, it's more than i've ever made <laughs> from my music so you know big up yourself mate <laughs> but it's you can't uh, i think i've played it all myself uh, but <laughs> but you can't there's that side of things is gone you know in the old days they'd sell millions of cds uh, at 13 quid because it was a new piece of technology and people have railed against that and and so now we'll stream for free um, or pay or pay you spotify premium or whatever it is um but that doesn't really get the returns back for the guys to, to for their for their art
1: i mean talking about you know mental health in the music industry crew whatnot i mean It's well known. I think we'd not be doing our listeners a a service if we didn't talk about the drugs and the alcohol side of things. Obviously, we're dealing with like a hot potato here because it, you know, it's rife. And I think from, you know, I was playing in unsigned bands and I was bang into it. It was part and parcel of it. And you sort of don't realize, you know, you're either playing it, you're doing it, the people that are around you are doing it. You know, you go to an after party obviously that on top of the pressure we've already spoken about. I mean, do you feel like you're, it's, it's a big challenge. Like, So what's, what's spurring you on? What's, how, do, how do you get up each day? You think, right, cool. This is what I'm facing.
2: This is what I need to do.
1: What's the motivate? How do you, you know, stay fired up?
2: Well, I think from my, my mind, it's, I just don't want people to take their own lives. I don't, I don't wanna lose anybody else. And, and the drugs and the alcohol are something that everybody's used at some point, or most people have used at some point, to get through a day. Um, people can cope with that, and they do cope with that. People can use drugs and not, not become addicted, and it doesn't send them down a spiral. Um, people can use alcohol, um, but it's when it steps over that line. And I think that's that's where you've got to get to, is a point where, you recognize people around you recognize that it's gone too far and and find and know how to stop or help you come out of that um the, the obviously addicted to addiction to drugs is difficult because the person who's who's addicted has got to want to get get away mm-hmm. from them um yet in music industry even some of the film industry it's it's rife um and it's used really to because it's available it's there people it's accepted so how do you change that perception that, that it's accepted? Um, in, I've worked in the rail industry for the last five years. Um, and if I was I drug and alcohol tested randomly every so often. so And if you're found um, with drugs and alcohol in your system, then you're out, the, you're out of the business for five years. So there's a different mindset in there. Obviously, people... Should you be controlling people's lives to that extent? Well, in that case, that it's down to safety and the safety of others. Um, so, where do you go with it? And some of it is to do with the long hours. So, one of the questions that we were talking about in the course at Pinewood the other week was um how do people, when they're working 16, 17, 18 hours a day for a long period of time, how do they keep going? Well, the answer is Coke. Yeah. Um, so, and that's not everybody. That's not say that it's definitely everybody there it's, it's some people um and that's how they how they get through it um recognizing that and understanding why people are doing it is is probably the first point and then trying to work through and work out how you can stop them doing it so yeah so for me there's a holistic approach it's not just drug abuse and alcohol abuse that that content substance abuse and various other things that get that cause the be issues it's it's the whole thing. It's the whole industry that needs to change.
0: It's a very extreme industry, isn't it? I mean, you know, we've had a lot of excess. You know, classic tales of, you know, Amy Winehouse, Jimi Hendrix, people like that. You know, when when drugs and alcohol were were quite a cool thing. I, I would argue there's probably less cool these days. You know, people young young people drinking and uh, taking le- less dr- drugs. Um, and uh, and you do think. Is it because of the highs, you know, that you get on the, the, on, on stage? And even with the crew, though, those moments, like that, that sort of stage, maybe they're sw- swept along with it as well, that, that those highs, you know, that then there is that sort of time afterwards. You've got a few hours, everyone's partying or, you know, a few people are partying. You've got a few hours before you have to get on the tour bus or, you know, if you're on a film set, you know, it's a wrap party or that, that, that day's over and it went do you know what i mean it, it's it's like it yeah maybe that's a way of coping with 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 the extremes really you know
2: I, th- I think you're right and um one of the things that if you if you go through some of the stuff that went on with nothing but thieves in um in america is that connor was finding it difficult to sleep uh, because obviously you're high on adrenaline up to 11 o'clock at night and then people want to talk to you Um, you then get on a you don't go to sleep you get on a bus you're still high with the adrenaline Um, I can't you can't sleep so the other side of it is you then start taking something to try and get yourself to sleep so it might be alcohol that might not work it might be drugs that might not work you might go for prescription stuff that might not work and you end up in a in a spiral of working uh, you, you just can't sleep and I think that's that's part of part of the whole thing is you are in a game where, uh, if you're in music, where you're going to be, the crux of your day, your week, your month is two hours um, every night for a period of time. And it's just those two hours. And you'll go get yourself really high and built up for those two hours. And then there's nothing then to, to bring you back down again and the chance to, to go um, to, to actually relax you might have a radio interview at nine o'clock the next morning, so you've got to go and do that sort of thing, so it's a really difficult I'd, uh, I'd, I'd remembered um, an interview with Steve Clark from Def Leppard who um, did exactly same sort of thing as, as probably Keith Flint did. Um and he he was doing exactly the same sort of thing. He just couldn't find a way to get down. Um but then if he did go to the pub, um he was either flashing his cash or he was being a stingy git because he was <laughs> he was in the pub with his mates um and they didn't understand where he was coming from. So there's a there's a lot of stuff around that and that I, yeah, it's 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 a difficult one.
0: Yeah, it 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 is and, and I, I suppose uh yeah, like I say, no one knows what 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 was going through Keith Flint's mind when when he he took his life. But I, I suppose from some of the stuff we've been talking about, that sort of puts it in really into sort of context, doesn't it? Really, really does uh, sort of, you know, Mate, the highs
1: and the lows, you know, yeah. like, you know, and like you said, you touched on it just a minute ago, like you know, people that are six feet six feet from the spotlight where you've had a juggernaut of a show and you know, you see the band are buzzing, the crowd are buzzing, you know, you're part of that, aren't yeah. you? You are part of that. So
0: yeah. it's a great job. I mean we we're we're sort of going down we, we're we going down on it. We that's, that's the wrong phrase. <laughs> we, we, yeah, but but it is it, I mean obviously it's a it is a great job being a being part of a crew. I mean it's it's oh, yeah. yeah. I mean it it pays well it, it um it uh, it's there's the 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 variety of it. You're doing creative things. It's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing, you know. But um, like you say, like you say, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's the
1: highs and lows. And like you said, the creative industry is it's, it's it's um, it's not like when you know you go to work, you do your shifts, you go home, you see your family and your friends. You know, I can imagine it being lonely at times, being away from your family for long periods mm-hmm. of time. I can imagine, like you said, that two-hour, that buzz of, like, hit and shake, then sort of, how do you normalize? How do you get back to normal? What is normal? Yeah. after that. You know,
0: well, and, all, and also, because people aren't buying records anymore, then, you know, bands are forced to tour a lot more. You yeah, know? That's what, like, yeah, that's what you that's said, that's wasn't it? it? And it's a, real, it's a real treadmill now, isn't it? It's a real, you know, where's the, where's the off time, really, you know?
2: yeah, and the, Yeah, you're right. I mean, the crew... The crew are integral to it all. None of this happens without the crew. Um, and they do have a, you know, it's a brilliant time. You see the, I've seen the crew straight after a gig and they've been as high as kites on the adrenaline of having just, just played a massive show. Yeah, um, And it's the same with the, the, f- the film industry. You know, the guys go to the premieres and, and all this sort of stuff and... And you can see the the pride that they've got in in the work that they've done and what they've actually created. And none of that would have happened without without them. The guys from you know the electricians, the carpenters, the all of that sort of stuff. And it it's, it really is a big big thing to to be involved with. But it, yeah, the, it becomes a it can become a treadmill. And it, and people don't understand that you know actually to do, to make a film you, you you could be stood in a field for for well I think the Batman one I was there for months something like that while, while you were I wasn't there permanently yeah. obviously but you were backwards and forwards for four months with looking after trying to look after a location mm-hmm. so but the reward at the end of it is you've got this amazing film that everybody wants to go and see or you've got this you've had this fantastic concert that, that's, mm-hmm. that's given a lot of pleasure to 10,000 people or even the 60 people in the pub or five people in the pub that you <laughs> yeah you I mean
0: I I'm, know I'm, I was sort of uh being you know dismissive of, of the sound man in the local sort of dog and up being miserable I mean it is it's an incredibly skillful job to make especially some of the bands you getting those but to make them to make them <laughs> to make, them, to to make them sound good to make them sound <laughs> to make them sound good and uh you know and on all sort of crew members like people don't realize like you have to sort of you know, a lot of people have done degrees to, 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 to do these jobs, you know, studying three years just to, and they think it's just twiddling a couple of knobs, you know. And it's, it's, really, it's really not. No, highly skilled.
1: It's highly yeah, skilled. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: So we're, we're about sort of 50 minutes in, so we'll sort of wrap it up in a sec. So what, what um, so how can you see uh, six, six foot from the spotlight in, in maybe five years' time? What would you like to see? Would you like to see it as a national sort of thing?
2: Yeah, I think we we'd love to get there if we can uh, if we can pull some funding out the back. Um, I'd love to see it as as working with some of the other major charities to and actually working fully across the UK. Um, you know, uh, we've been at Pinewood. We've sort of centred on that because that's the people I knew. We were at Pinewood, but out in Bristol because that's where a lot of TV um, guys are Um, and some of the drama side of things as well is out uh, over in Bristol Um, and then obviously there's big places up in Scotland and that sort of thing so yeah I think what we wanted to do is not have me driving everything it needs to be the people who are actually on the ground helping to drive it so if we can if we can get them involved and they they push it and then the change comes from within the industry not from not from without, and that's where you get the best. You'll get the best results. Is that attitude changes, um, and the people who are actually in the, doing the job, doing the doing that work, actually drive it themselves. Um, and I think that's the that's that's the ultimate goal. Is that there's something self sustaining, um, which 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 runs, and it, it becomes a concept and something that people want to aspire to. Is that you know we we've got structure and we've got help and support on on mental health and and well-being in in the actual productions themselves not that there's somebody coming in from outside and doing something
0: that would be amazing that would that would be that would be amazing it's a, it's a, it's an absolutely great it's a it's a great idea it's an amazing thing you're doing you know and and listeners um Matt has actually given up his job for this he doesn't get paid for this uh, work and he goes up and down the country and uh, he does it uh but completely voluntarily so i think it's highly highly Absolute committed labor of, love. Yeah, a
2: labor of
1: love yeah massively i, mean, I can do so, it as long as my wife lets me <laughs> i'm sure she's in it for the long or she can see a good thing she's, um,
0: she's one foot one foot from <laughs> me from, from, from you <laughs> in bed one foot from matt <laughs> really? her own website anyway <laughs> sorry
1: just quickly um obviously you said funding is key it's integral to what you do if somebody does want to, you know, get involved, like, what's your website again? It's
2: uh, www6 dot dot org, and that's six feet six ft. So,
1: and we'll definitely pop a link to that on our website as well. so that, you know, people thanks can those, yeah you know, see it. May thank you for coming yeah, in. Yeah, I'll just wanna, I just I
2: just want to say, if
0: Christian Bale is listening to this podcast, <coughs> that man, um, I hear that you've sort of reformed and you did apologise for it and and stuff, and uh, you know, um. This is in no way a uh, a stain on your name,
1: Andy. Andy, don't worry what? about it. I'm a boxer now, mate. If you want it, you can come and get it. Don't worry, I've got your back, bro.
0: Oh, you bailed me out.
1: Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs>
0: oh, anyway, listen. Yes, uh, like like what Tommy said. Thank you very much for coming pleasure. in. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks yeah. a lot. Thank
0: okay. Bye, 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 bye.